so those are our tales from Comic-Con. <laughs> Both the good and the bad. <laughs> um, if you guys have any experiences with uh, conventions or cosplayers or hentai, <laughs> email in at dvdxmission at hotmail.com. Uh, now we should get into our emails. We have a bunch. Um, our first, first, our first email is from a newcomer named Frankie Vargas. Hey, Don and Jesse. My name is Frankie, and it's my first time writing in, so please bear with me. I do want to say a few of my opinions on some things you guys have discussed, and will discuss. One, it's my personal take on Bardock going Super Saiyan in his special. I think he could have gone Super Saiyan in it because Frieza nearly killed him, but since he somehow lived, he would have gotten a Zenkai boost. Albeit, albeit he'd be a weaker Super Saiyan than any other we'd seen yet, but it's still possible. I also think Super Saiyan levels are multipliers instead of, of their own levels. We'll talk about that when we get to the episode of Bardock special. I agree. <clears throat> I also like Jesse's take oh, – this is the second point. I also like Jesse's take on Trunks and Gohan going Super Saiyan. I never really thought about it in that way. I was on board with the idea of the fan theory of it depends how strong the Saiyan father is. It would determine how strong their kids would be. So see, so looking at DBZ with that theory, it could kind of explain why Gohan was so strong for his age. Also, since we are basically left to conclude that Goku was a Super Saiyan during Goten, <laughs> Goten's conception, <laughs> it could also explain why Goten was able to go Super Saiyan so young. But for Trunks, it would take a little bit of a training to become Super Saiyan since Vegeta was not Super Saiyan during his son's conception. We think. <laughs> we, we don't know that definitely, thankfully. Uh, well, well, the, the next movie could explain for us. <laughs> My Boma, indeed. Uh, well, well, you know, you know, like the minor spoilers for the end of the series, um, they do have a second child, Boma and Vegeta, and she was nowhere to be present here, so that's kind of an interesting thing. Maybe maybe she was uh, taken by his uh, uh, chivalry during this movie. Oh, yeah, so I guess we don't see when, or we, we, we now kind of know better when she would be born. Yeah, yeah, exactly, because he was quite young at the, at the, the last chapter slash episode. Hmm. And Vegeta has a brother, apparently. That we'll get into. <laughs> we'll get into that down the line, yeah. <laughs> Random line. Three, now on to the episodes. In these episodes, I think Majin, I found Majin Buu to be awesome, funny, and a bit of a badass. I do like how Majin Buu is a guy and, want, guy and wants some action for a girl. <laughs> yes, oh man. It kind of shows that all guys have one thing in common. <laughs> really? All, all, guys. all guys are like Boo. <laughs> all guys refer to themselves in third person. I also found it pretty gruesome when Boo literally punches Bobbity's face off. Well, talk about that, I can assure you. <laughs> yes. Teardrop. <laughs> oh, yes. I also like Goku's transformation. I found it to be pretty epic. What did you guys think? One more thing I found funny was that when Goku was punching Boo and Boo would bounce right back for another punch. Yeah, he was like a, he was essentially like a ball on a paddle at that point. Yeah, like a ping pong paddle or like those like punching things where like the clown, like as, as like sort of like a, a like a, a cylindrical kind of thing. Oh, he's weighted on the bottom? Yeah. Yeah, I think that. Uh, five, have you guys seen Battle of Gods? What did you think? Referred to our, uh... Earlier in the episode? Yeah, earlier in the episode. <clears throat> and, uh, looks like that's it for now. Thank you guys, and hear from you guys next time on The Next Dimension. Thank you very much, Frankie. And real quick, Frankie does email back, uh, real quick. He reads, Hey, Don and Jess, I'm sorry if my last questions were stupid. I'm only 17, so I just try to write what's on my mind. Wait, is Frank, are you sure Frankie's a guy? Um, I don't know. Well, just from the way he was referring to, all guys have something, the same thing. Oh, yeah, whoops. <laughs> Frankie, uh, I think it was, it was the, the last one. Yeah. Frankie, let us know if you are a girl. Yes, please, we need to, we need to up our quotient. And if, if not, sorry, bro. <laughs> uh, but don't, don't worry about your questions, they're fine. I, I, they, honestly, they, like, uh, in terms of, like, the grammar, they are uh, perfectly fine, so don't even, don't even trip. Um, number one. Did you guys hear that the official Battle of Gods 2 is coming out next year? What are your thoughts? Um, we did talk about the earlier in the episode, which is no fault of your own. You know, you have no idea what you're going to say. But, yeah, we, did, we obviously mentioned uh, the next DBZ movie. It's not called Battle of Gods 2, but it is um, based on the success of the first one. I, I guess it could be seen as, as a sequel, although we're not gotten the title yet. Uh, I, I would be down if it's an original story or if it's a direct sequel. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because the first one was good. 
I don't care. I just want another one. <laughs> like, he fights Whis this time. Uh, number two, I also want to mention that when Goku goes to fight Boo, he's trying to stop Boo from destroying West City. But in the fight, he throws Boo into a huge building in the city that probably killed hundreds. I thought I should mention that. Yeah. <laughs> he mana-stealed him. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah they're, I think we see, like, an entire building fall and people running away from it. Thanks a lot, Goku. <laughs> um, number three, I don't know if you guys watch other anime shows like Naruto or Bleach, but who would win, Goku or Naruto? I, I don't watch Naruto, uh, and I believe Jesse doesn't, correct? Nope. Or, Jesse, you do not. Um, I'm not, I'm not having anything against it, but I'm just not going around to seeing it. I know that Naruto is uh, one of those anime series, and one of those shonen series that is inspired by DBZ. Um, I, I also thought the main character is a ninja, and while I'm sure he's very powerful, I don't think that he would be Goku level powerful, because I think Goku's like one of the strongest levels characters in all of anime. I think Goku is one of the strongest characters in any exception. <laughs> yeah, just true. And that's not even kind of like you know Gohan or the fusion characters or anything like that, or Majin Buu. But do, um, do you know if those two series have any connection? Well, uh, I mentioned before that like uh, the authors of both Naruto and One Piece have have stated more than once that Toriyama and Dragon Ball were a huge inspiration to them. And I saw an illustration where they all drew each other's characters, like, like the art- artist of Naruto drew Goku, and Toriyama drew Naruto. Um, so they're, they're all they're all like, you know friends and fans of each other. But I don't know if there's any like you know uh, history of the series itself. Well, because I uh, I asked because one of the I believe it's the Battle of Z game uh, has a Naruto costume for Goku to play it. You can play it. As oh yeah, I did. I saw that when that came out. Yeah, that was quite awesome. I think and it just seemed like a, a odd piece of like cross promotion. Yeah, I think I think that was um um done. You know, just just you know as, as sort of like a a wave from one character to another. Because yeah, like I know that Toriyama has, has encountered these uh, artists and they're all you know kind of friendly with each other. So well, that would, it would, yeah, it would, I'm trying to think of like an equivalent to like a Western audience. You'd be like, hey, I'm going to pick up this new, uh, the Injustice DC fighting game. Yeah, you have an Invincible costume for Superman. <laughs> like, there's no direct correlation besides just, you know, like, yeah, yeah. fans of each other's work. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I, I guess they are. I guess they're all, the rights are owned by the same companies, maybe? Uh, I, I'm like 99% sure that Toy does produce the Naruto anime. And Naruto's in China Jump as well, so yeah, they're, they're pretty, yeah, it would be like, um... Like, you know, without being shared the same universe, but same companies, yeah. Yeah, uh, that makes a little more sense. And, and Shonen Jump is the magazine, correct? Shonen Jump is the, yeah, yeah week, weekly jump, which it means, but yeah, it is the magazine which produces, like, the anthology series like DBZ or uh, Naruto, One Piece. So would that be considered, would that be, like, akin to newspaper, like, strip comics? Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, like, like uh, for instance, if, like, um, USA Today only did Charlie Brown and Garfield, they would be, like, in the same kind of thing. Okay, so there's not like you, you you can't go over to Japan and buy a Dragon Ball like weekly comic. Well, they are collected in the volumes, like you know the trade paperbacks essentially, which collects like uh, all of the um, chapters in a year, I suppose. So there are, there are individually sold volumes, but like they are, you originally first see them like as though like they were an episode on a channel. You first see the chapters individually shown in the magazine. Okay, okay, so almost like uh, like Marvel kind of did in the '60s with like Tales to Astonish or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like, like this week's ish, this week's chapter of Dragon Ball Z. Such such happens. Hmm, that's an interesting. It's, that's just interesting on like a business, like to see how they work as opposed to American comic books. You know, you yeah. go and you buy a Spider-Man book every month or every week or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure if we actually mentioned like that. That that the fact that that, that, that it was produced like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's definitely different than Western comic books. And I'm assuming like when the you know when a Dragon Ball or Naruto story is over, then another story will fill fill its. Yeah, place. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because DBZ ended in '95 and. Um, and there's there's other you know there's other like you know replacement series put in there, and um, that's I, I know that like One Piece has gone, has gone on since like the late '90s and it's still going on now. Good lord, but um, <laughs> uh, again some some again some series are even longer running than that. But there's always like stuff. There's 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 hundreds of, of manga series that are being show, shown out right now. But mangas traditionally have an ending, right? They're um, albeit as long winded as they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, traditionally, they do. Some of them haven't ended yet, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean they won't reach an ending. But um, yeah, my, by and large, yeah, they do. I mean, like that like Death Note has ended, and like you know, some 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 run a few years, some some run until the story naturally naturally uh, concludes. If it's successful, I don't think I don't think it'll be canceled. Because hmm. yeah, I, I would say other than American comics, manga are probably the ones I know the most of, and that's still very little. Mm-hmm. Like I know I know 
comics are relatively big in like France, but I don't yeah. know that much of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if, if the 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 weekly anthology magazines are the same way with other com- or other uh, countries. And I know that like Judge Dredd was big in Europe or like England. Well, it originated in, in England, but um, I think it's big in Europe as well. <laughs> I don't know much about Judge Dredd, but I, th- I think that's true. So yeah, it's just it's just interesting to see like. Something I know both of us love, like, and then you you kind of see how that market's different to a different demographic, like how it's just, how it's it's a different approach to the same type of of storytelling or same type of medium. You know what? Also, which, which I think makes it successful is that like because it's shown in anthology magazines, they're still shown. They're just they're distributed widely, like you know, at, at magazine racks and places where you can easily pick them up. Like, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, you know, contention in America, like, you know, the direct market and comic shops. How can we get these into the hands of people who want to get them? But uh, in Japan, they don't have that problem because they're everywhere in, the, in these uh, magazines. Maybe they should, yeah, maybe they should take a, like, a, take a cue from from the Japanese uh, market. Or, uh, Japanese would idea. terrorists win? <laughs> yes. <laughs> America would never do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, number four, do you guys think that normal form Goku is stronger than Frieza? Uh, I think that Beerus actually mentioned in the movie, uh, I suppose, that, like, you know, I don't understand how this character could beat Frieza as he is now. Um, do you think that the characters in their normal normal forms, after they become Super Saiyans, get stronger, or do they stay at a certain power level? Because I think that's also a debate among the fans. Like, if, if they can train... Normally. Normally, and get, and get to levels they couldn't reach prior, um... Well, this film showed that once Goku's body, like, remembered being Saiyan God form, he was stronger. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, was he still Saiyan? Was he still Super Saiyan at that point? I think he transformed into a Super Saiyan at the last minute, but, like, uh... See, I think, I think he was still, like, he... Because he, his hair was still black, so I think he was... He was just normal form at that point. Well, also, I think... That, I think now that I mentioned it, I think that, like, they mentioned that the Z-Sword has, has physically improved Gohan's strength in normal form. They said, oh, as a Super Saiyan, you'll be, you'll be a lot stronger, so... I guess the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think it is, but I think on the whole, like, there is a a level cap to, like, how strong you can get as a standard hu- human without stuff like the Z-Sword or uh, without experiencing God form. Right. Because, like, I assume, yeah, okay, so say Vegeta goes Super Saiyan God form, he'll come out of it stronger, but then he, he, he couldn't train that way stronger. Like when Krillin went, got a power-up from the Elder right. on Namek, like... That's probably stronger than he could ever have gotten on his own. Like, it increases your overall strength, not just your, uh, like... Personal like, strength or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's, 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 a, it's actually, uh, and through no fault of anybody's, it's a little confusing the way it's distributed in the series, but uh, it's always something that people always brought up. Um, because I think we're seeing more instances of, this allowed me to get stronger than, oh yeah, I trained and now I'm stronger. Yeah, there's a lot of cheats. <laughs> yeah, for like as as much as as Vegeta likes training, like it, it hasn't really paid off for him all that. Much. Well, yeah, because Goku mentions in the Cell games that like you know you can only ruin your body so much before it just becomes ruining your body without gaining any benefits. So that was a, which a, another interesting addition to that the way of uh, physicality or uh, physics in the show. Speaking of that, I would really love to see Vegeta go Super Saiyan God form. It's possible now. I mean, Toriyama has said that, like, were they to make another movie, he would want Vegeta as the main character, so... <laughs> Excellent. We'll see how this turns out. Um, number five, Dragon Ball Xenoverse has listed to have 120, 126 characters, 25 maps, and the developer said it's one big what-if game. One YouTuber thinks that the new character is custom-made. What do you guys think of everything I've listed? I've not heard that it's a big what-if game. That's, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's essentially the the premise that the new character is, uh, which yeah, I think he's pretty has pretty much confirmed that the character is all new for the story. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that character can traditionally can tr- traditionally or can travel back in time, and he's gonna alter. You know, he's gonna co- basically go back to hey the Saiyan saga, and here's what happens if this happens. Like, or here's what happens if he interrupts this. Uh, well, they they've had what if. Uh, modes in some of the games previous, like, there was a really, really fun what-if uh, mode where you play as Zarbon trying to fight against Cooler's impending army taking over Frieza's army on Namek. I thought it was a particularly awesome story. And I, th- I think it was a like Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 2. So their what-if levels are actually pretty cool. So, that- so yeah, they, they, they have a tradition of doing that, right? 
Oh, I think they started with, with the PlayStation, the PlayStation th- two games. I think when they start doing that, but um, um, they, they, I think they've done it more than once. So yeah, I think I think it seems like now they're just running with that theme. Like I think people were like, oh hey, that's what they like the most out of the series. So let's just go with it. Right. Yeah. Because, they, yeah. They, they've said that at least you're going to be able to see you know stuff you haven't seen in the series before. And yeah, I think the quote was like, turn turn Dragon Ball Z on its head. There's only so many times you can have Goku fight Vegeta. Yeah. In the story mode. We're gonna see some like ridiculous stuff, like Super Saiyan three Bardock. There, were, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> there was a cool thing, in, um, and I think it was like one of the Budokai games where like uh, um, you were playing. It was a what if mode where um, Vegeta turned Super Saiyan into Saiyan Saga, which was weird. But like it was, it was a what if story. So I was like, you know, you can't be mad at it. Um, How do you beat that? <laughs> It was, it was. It was. I think it was a weird thing where, like, at the end of the the, le- the level or at the end of the story, he becomes Super Saiyan. Right? He he becomes Super Saiyan because he killed Nappa for some reason. Like Nappa was a Saiyan. He becomes Super Saiyan. And like, wait, you killed him? Why would you care? Um, there was a particularly cool one where, like, a uh, Cell. Okay, Krillin saved eighteen, and Cell absorbed Krillin, and now Chen had to fight him. And he looked weird. I need. I need. Okay, I'm stopping the show. I need to show you this. Wait, so I'm assuming like he absorbed Krillin and got weak enough for Yamcha and Tien to fight him? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, not you! What are you doing? No! <laughs> that freak is gonna pay for what he did to Krillin! I swear, it's the last thing I do. He lost too much power. Yamcha, it's time to go. It's like Cell's absorbed uh, Krillin. He's weak. We can take him now. Man, they should just let Yamcha absorb him and he would have died. Uh, I think that, like, um, in the storyline mode, like, you play as Yamcha... You beat Cell in the in the fight, but you actually lose because you're Yamcha, and then Tien just finishes him off. <laughs> That's the image um, at the very end of the message I sent. What? <laughs> <laughs> this is in the game. <laughs> uh, oh man, that is. This is a wacky episode we were doing. <laughs> that uh, yeah, that that needs to be like on the page right now. Ah uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In, definitely ma- masterfully imperfect cell. Yeah, it, it's super Krillin cell or whatever. Um, number six and number seven. Why does Bulma's mom look younger than Bulma herself? And what if Bulma's mom is an android? Well, that brings a whole lot of problems because um, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, and the, how was Bulma created? <laughs> She's an android. Well, yeah. Okay, parents like you know eighteen. Has- Bulma's an android. Oh God. Well, also, have we mentioned before that, like, Toriyama retconned in, in uh, Jekko, the, the Galactic Patrolman, that Bulma has an older sister? No. What? Yeah, this, well, this is the same story that revealed uh, who Goku's mother was. That, like, that story that he was, that, that Toriyama did recently called Jekko, the Galactic Patrolman, it retconned by the end of the story that, like, actually this female character is Bulma's older sister, Tights. Of course, his name Tights. <laughs> oh, so like one of the characters from the entire storyline was turned out to be Bulma's sister. Yeah, like, like the whole thing like was was like as a twist was revealed to be a prequel of Dragon Ball, and um, it's the same story where we were talking about Goku's mother, but the, the female character Tights was actually Bulma's uh, older sister, and we see like Bulma, her mom, and dad at the very end. Oh, why haven't we seen her before or since? <laughs> maybe she died horribly. Could be, or, or maybe they don't want to talk about it. She's never brought up again. Trunks has an aunt. So yeah, yeah, like. So basically, that that entire sh- has been yeah. Like I guess it is a prequel, yeah, because you you see the Saiyans and everything. That is interesting though uh, that she has a sister. It's just it's one of those things that like um, again we'll mention it later on Vegeta's brother, which my uh, we talked on the, on the on the car ride home. My brother hates that retcon, but we'll get into it when we get into it. Um, now, is it a retcon if it's never been mentioned otherwise? Like, like well, was it ever said that he didn't have a brother? Well, Virginia Cosley says we are the last remaining Saiyans. That's <laughs> piss my brother off. Like, when, when he dies against Frieza, Kakarot, you're the last Saiyan alive. And then when we see his brother, it's like, you know, he knew that he was around there, so that, that's... Oh, so he, he did know that he was around? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's BS. Um, Toriyama didn't do that story, so 
It, continuity's in the air, that one. Although he didn't include it in this movie, so... Yeah, he threw a mention into it. <laughs> oh, Toriyama... And Toriyama's been on a retcon rampage. <laughs> like, his, his whole, like, you know... He's given characters names and stuff. He's, uh... He's done... He's, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll probably mention it later on. Not in this episode, but we'll see. Um, Frankie finishes... That's all, guys. Thank you again. P.S. I think Goku would curb something Naruto, or take Naruto and train him, but I don't think Naruto would win. Thank you, Frankie, um, the, he or she of the mysterious gender. <laughs> Our next email, thank you very much, Frankie. Our next email is from Alex Evangeli. Now, Alex wrote a lot, as he's often wont to do. Um, much of it was about his uh, continuing thoughts on Spider-Man, ASM2. We're not going to read those out here right now. We're just going to read the DBZ relevant thoughts. So, well, uh, here's from Alex. Dear Don and Jesse, before I talk about DBC or comics or anything else like that, i got to address the most important thing about last episode at the top of this email. Congratulations, Jesse. Thank you. Thank you very much, man. I really appreciate that. Wow, man. Just, wow. (laughs) I'm saying the same thing. Provided this isn't some kind of belated April Fool's joke. Like a certain someone else we might know. Yeah, I don't know who who would bring up marriage as a... As a April Fool's joke. I'm shifting my eyes right now. I'm sweating profusely. I'm not. I'm sure I'm not alone with my fellow Next Dimension listeners. When I wish you and your fiance all the best and for the future. Uh, thank you, guys. Everybody who's uh, thrown out there. Congratulations. It means a lot to me. Go. Oh. Putting aside that bit of good news, I loved last episode. That's also good news. Yeah. It, it seems like you guys have moved into an interesting new era of the show How now that Jesse is more caught up and Don is revisiting something a bit less familiar to him. Also, I hope that you guys do do an immediate reaction to Battle of Gods after it's done, if you do see it together. That's we didn't good. get to see it together, but uh, we did get to, you know, to elaborate a little bit on it. Mm-hmm. To give my two cents on some of the topics discussed, I think part of the reason why the original Goku-Vegeta fight is so awesome is because it is Goku getting a true rival for the first time, as Vegeta is a fellow Saiyan with similar abilities and battle instincts to Goku. Vegeta is effectively everything Goku is, but more since he is a Saiyan elite while Goku is supposedly beneath him. The whole clash of their ideologies and personalities is encapsulated in their beam struggle. Not only is Vegeta firing downward, get it because he's a high-class warrior, Ah. but their attacks are similar to one another and initially even matched, which of course makes Goku's eventual triumph all the sweeter because of a low-class warrior like him surpassed someone allegedly superior to him. I also think you guys hit the nail on the head when you said the series theme is about suppressing your limits. Uh, surpassing, yeah, suppressing your limits. Surpassing your limits. I never thought about it like that, but that's so true. I never thought about it before, but you guys are right. Whilst well-written, Morning Gohan is kind of illogical since you consider that he is just—he can just be revived with the Dragon Balls. Has Gohan not died before? He's never died. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they do seem to be mourning him a lot. The only reason I can think of as to why they may, might still be mourning him is that they think that they wished everyone back to life before he died, meaning Gohan would have been unaffected. But then you still have the other wish, so that doesn't make sense. Maybe you can. Maybe they think that Boo will kill him before they can get time to make that uh, that other wish. I, I still have a problem because even like 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 even if they think that like he died in between wishing and Goku telling them, they're still counting on wishing everybody back with the Dragon Balls again. So, I don't... It's like when it comes to Gohan, they just forgot the idea that they can wish him back to life. So, it's annoying. Well, I can I can buy Videl's grief. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, mainly because she's never seen somebody get resurrected by a Dragon Ball before. So, that's new to her, and that that's still like an abstract idea. You can tell her all day long, yeah, this is going to bring everybody back to life. But until she can... She's not had Krillin come back, you know, like twice. <laughs> she's, she's not seen the, the dozens of times Krillin's died. <laughs> So for her, it's still much more real. And maybe that's affecting Bulma. You know, I don't know. As to the other stuff you guys criticize, the tone of the Z sword, the tone and the Z sword, I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm looking back, I think I had the same problems with the show as a kid, but didn't fully understand why. I will somewhat defend the introduction of the fusion technique because a variation of it had been used by the Namekians. That's true. Let's get back to chatting. <laughs> Let's get back to chatting magical dragons and alien monkey men. <laughs> Not so much a question, 
Wait, is this... Yeah, okay. These are number ones and number twos and threes. Okay, I was make sure these weren't about Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I, got, I got them out. Oh, sweet. Not so much a question as a heads-up, but you guys talked about Justin Cook and his various voice acting roles, but you guys missed out on the fact that he also was the voice of Rats. Is the brother of the main character really that insignificant? Who cares? <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, I, I just forgot. That's true. He, he did voice Raditz at, uh, in the Funimation dub. Yeah, uh, honestly, yeah, Raditz does get forgotten about, by me anyway. Like, I guess he was so so long ago in the series. It's, it's hard to remember uh, the early Saiyan stuff because it was just so early in, in our podcast, admittedly. Um, yeah, he's like the most forgotten Saiyan since, like, whom <laughs> <laughs> you hated. <laughs> Have you guys seen the Vegeta versus Shadow the Hedgehog death battle from the same people who did Superman versus Goku? I believe he linked that uh, uh, to us last email, but I didn't share because it contains spoilers. So uh, I'll we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Don't worry. Uh, yeah, I do want to watch it though because uh, that Superman versus that whole uh, channel of uh, videos is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Have you guys seen any of the DBZ-related Do You Know videos on YouTube? They're basically a series of videos which gives you interesting bits of trivia about various things. There's a Did You Know Gaming DBZ edition about DBZ video games, a Did You Know voice acting all about the various voice actors, and a general Did You Know about the anime and the manga. I recommend you guys check it out, and it's pretty neat. Uh, I think you sent me one of those. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's the same channel, but yeah, that was, uh, was very interesting. I, I didn't know most of that stuff. I, I, I actually didn't know a lot. Of, I, I, I I knew some of it, but I didn't know a lot of it. Like, uh, I didn't know why the Dragon Balls were seven and that kind of stuff, and they were derived from this thing. I mean, I, I knew about Krillin's dog on his head, but, like, there are some, some things I just did not really, uh, were not aware of. I mean, some, some tidbits I know, like, like the characters' names and stuff, but other tidbits I did not know. So that was pretty cool. I, I found, particularly I found the, uh, the inclusion of that video game basically cutscene recut as a movie to be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because that, that's back in the time, yeah, when games had... Oh, you're talking like, about, uh, you're talking about, like, like the, uh, the, the plan to destroy the Super Saiyans and the Raging Blast 2, uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, like, the, the really old video that was basically reanimated and redubbed. Yeah, we're going to cover that, uh, before the show is out. Like, we're going to, uh, because I've actually never seen it myself. This has never been dubbed, and because it's recut as a movie, we can definitely... Find a way to see it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Absolutely. That's back in a time when games had like you that, the CDs were new, so you could fit video on this. So everybody went nuts adding movies into games. Uh, well, have you ever heard of the, the Playdia gaming system? Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I've heard of this before, but like I, until then, I never heard of that system, and it was a very interesting. It's always cool when like um. Games have like cuts. I, I, I like game cutscenes. Like the fact that like they got the voice actors and actually drew up new a new story was really awesome. And the fact that they made it a movie was even more awesome. Yeah, yeah, I like that versus like nowadays games. You know, you put the controller down for thirty minutes and watch something. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> like I, I, I give me animation all day long. Absolutely. And if you're a fan of Metal Gear Solid, there's plenty for you. Huh. <laughs> I like love Metal Gear. But, huh. Yeah, I remember Chris. Chris told us that like uh. He got, he got incessant after a while. Like, it's like an hour full of cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, they they get worse and worse as the series progresses. I still need to finish four. I've never, I've never, I started four for like five minutes. That's the only one I haven't played and beaten. I'm like I'm 25 percent way through. Do you guys think that the Boo is overpowered at this point in time? That's a good question. Um, I think it's a fair question we can answer now. Uh, what do you think, Jesse? Oh, uh, I think in comparison to the characters, he is, but I think he's supposed to be. Um. I think kind of taking him on the series as a whole, like, in comparison to what came before him, I I don't think he is. I mean, I think he's different enough, and his abilities are different enough in that he's essentially unkillable at this point. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not it's not the same kind of overpowered as, like, other characters would be. I think that Boo gets overpowered, and we've, we've yet to see when he does, but he will. <laughs> That's all I'll say about that, who? <clears throat> Jesse... When do you think the tipping point for you happened when you became a true fan of the series? Oh, a good question. Again. Mm. Um, you know, uh, looking back, I'd when have Namcha to... When died! Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I'd say probably the point that where I just, I got so enamored into it and just got to where I was thinking about it, like, not even meaning to, but like when I... Because 
I'm so nerdy that, like, throughout my day, I ran- randomly think about, like, Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, like, that Spider-Man comic I read, or, you know, Spider-Man fighting Venom. Let's just, like, imagine what that'd be like. It, when when Dragon Ball started to enter that, that same space is when I just realized, oh, hey, yeah, th- you know, this is a part of my life now. What do you think, I, like, in terms of our coverage? Uh, so uh, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think, like, because it was around the Android saga. Mm-hmm. I would say probably... Not even when Cell first appeared, but when the androids started appearing, and I started being able to think of them like, you know, these guys are different than what we've seen before. And I was like, I've seen a lot before, like a relatively, you know, yeah, yeah, the whole, you know, it's, yeah, at that point because I had I had enough of knowledge to to kind of compare it to the Saiyans and the Namekian saga and and Frieza. Yeah, I guess yeah, the whole Frieza saga seemed like such an accomplishment. That the characters seemed like they had gone so far that I, I had gotten through so much with them that they were just very familiar with me at that point. So yeah, I'd say the beginning beginning of the Android song. Well, I also say that like that's the point where like the, the writing got to be particularly interesting with um, the whole these aren't the real androids. Why there's another time machine? I, th- I remember that that was a, I remember that episode that we recorded was one where we were really into just the storytelling aspect. So um, I've been around that, that around that time too. Although I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for your brain, so yeah. But yeah, I mean, also I'm, I do love sci-fi, so that was also that kind of spoke to me too. And the making the saga was sci-fi also, but interesting time travel. It did kind of it perked a lot of interests I had. Oh yeah, definitely. To a lot of people, fight actions, fight slash action scenes are just mindless violence or padding. But personally, I think there's a definite art to it. With that in mind, what do you guys think makes for a good fight scene generally, as well as in DBZ specifically? That's a good question. Um, I would say, as somebody who loves action uh, stuff and martial arts and all that kind of stuff, um, the, the idea that like these guys are really uh, pushing their skill, showing genuine effort, and showing genuine struggle... And doing it skillfully, but you feel that like they're not—it's not overtly choreographed. It's like you know they're really trying to hurt somebody, but uh, it, it, it coming off as like real and um, it's a, it's a, it's a balance between like you know looking like they're really in a fight and how cool that what they're doing is to me. And I think that like um, uh, it 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 doesn't matter how much damage or destruction is done as as long as you get the the idea that like they're trying to make damage or destruction. I agree. I also think that with DBZ specifically, I think the fights usually work really well when the stakes are clearly like labeled, like clearly placed on the table, and when the characters generally have to make a large sacrifice, or you, you can kind of feel the effect it's going to make on the character. Right. When, when there's always like you know, oh, he's going to destroy the universe kind of stakes, but like there's a lot of times we don't really feel that. Like oh, I don't know when the characters are playing cards. So, <laughs> like, uh, c- compare that to, like, like at the end of the Cell games when, like, Cell and Gohan were using Kamehameha against each other. You saw the entire planet shake, and everyone was just screaming that entire time. I think that's, that's a good instance of having the stakes be uh, readily you're – you're, you're immediately aware of them. Well, yeah, even, you know, this episode with, with Goku's kind of – the stakes he had, they, they weren't necessarily the worst. Like, okay, he's going to run out of time. Mm-hmm. But you could still tell that, that was important to the character and right. to the story. That it, it just made it, it made the tension it ratcheted the tension up even more. Right, exactly. Uh, as far as in general uh, action scenes, I don't like scenes to come off as too choreographed mm-hmm. because like and, and a lot of actors will say, oh, you know, it's it's a lot like dancing. You have to be a good dancer if you initially if you want to be able to do a fight scene. But I think it can come off, like in the wake of The Matrix, a lot of martial arts movies came off just too generic and too choreographed. They they didn't come off effectively. Yeah, yeah, The Matrix is a good one where, like, the fight scenes were fun to watch, but they were so clearly fake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, I I like a little more, like, realism. And then I also like characters who think on their feet, and when intelligence is shown, to outweigh, like, brute brute force. That's one of the reasons I like Spider-Man, because he usually will will hold his, uh, usually use his intelligence. Mm-hmm. Effectively, and it, it's kind of shake up a bit. Different variations. Uh, number seven: Is there any chance of another call-in show in the future? I think there's a, there's a good chance. I thought about it. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out when to do it. Can we do it when we finish the Boo Saga, or can we do it when we finish the series? 
Yeah, um, I was thinking the same thing. Like, you, you don't want to be too close behind. You want it to be kind of significant and give everybody a good a good reason to call in and talk. Right. And yeah, have people show up. Um, yeah. I, 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 I've, I've, I'm not, I'm not deciding on it, but I have the idea. We should probably do another call-in show. But like, it's just a matter of um, deciding when that would be and uh, what would be fun opportunities to, for people to discuss with us. Uh, number eight is I want to. I was going to ask. I wasn't going to ask this at first, and I'm sure I know the answer. But since you guys spent enough time on the topic, I'll take the chance. So, have you guys seen anything at all about the new rebooted Sailor Moon? Anime? <laughs> <laughs> he sigh. What is that supposed to mean, man? Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have you, have you, Jesse? Uh, I've not. I've seen. I've seen the photos, and I think I've seen the trailer for it. But I know it's out now. And uh, yeah. So the reactions I've heard uh, from you and from other people, yeah, is that it's kind of divisive, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's um, I was listening to uh, a, a podcast which uh, recorded a, a panel at an anime convention, and they're talking about, you know, fandoms in anime. And so this, this, this big fandoms in anime, once it's Sailor Moon, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's a crazy time being a Sailor Moon fan right now. It's very divisive. I have seen Tumblr images where, like, people are debating, is this really better than the original series? And, like, I've seen I've – seen, so I, I've seen the transformation sequence of Sailor Moon and Sailor Mercury, and it's kind of like CGI digital. <laughs> like they become like 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 they go from two D animated characters, like you know when there's when the costumes swirling around them, they become like you know three D characters, which is you're playing with fire. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see how the new designs can be weird, but I'm actually unsure of them myself, as I'm not sure if Naoko Takeuchi's art style fits best. I'm not sure if it fits if either it fits best with animation or if the original designs are so famous and so popular and so mainstream that you don't want to mess with what works. Um and I think that from what I gather that's the main contention with this show. Um not so much like the way they produce it because I know the storytelling is a lot more closer to the manga, but it's like the animation and the design. So it's it's based on the manga also as as the original show was. Yeah, I think that, like, Sailor Mercury shows up in episode 2 as opposed to episode 5 or whatever. But don't quote me on that, though. Okay. See, because I... One of the things I I, could, I I hate is when something will like, get rebooted, like Sailor Moon. It's like, oh, and, it, and people continually compare it to the original when it's more of an adaptation of the manga. It's like, say, it's like, say a new adaptation of a book comes out. It's like, well, you, you need to judge it by the book, not necessarily the movie that came before it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think this is it's a lot more of like an aesthetic thing. Preference. But yeah, the art style, like that's legitimate because it, it, obviously you're going to complain, or obviously you're going to compare it to the animation that came before it. Yeah, I thought when, when you told me that, that April didn't like the art style, I was like, ah, oh, she's she's being silly. This is like a manga; she doesn't know. But no, like, a lot of people don't like the art style. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not just her. It re- no, it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> she's becoming a vocal majority. <laughs> Uh, oh, he says, that's all for now. I look forward to the next episode where things go to the next level. Yes. P.S., thanks for your kind words at the end of my second email. Uh, you are welcome, Alex. Thank you very much. And speaking of second email, uh, Alex also wrote back very quickly. Uh, he wrote, he says, Dragon Ball, the Vegeta joke. Dear John, Don and Jesse, I am really, really, really sorry to write in a second time within the space of one month and try not to make a habit of it. However, in hearing the recent episodes of Batgirl to Oracle discussing the killing joke, a topic was raised which really ties into the recent episodes of DBZ, and I feel compelled to ask you guys about it. On BTO, Stella and Don discuss how the Joker's origin story was possibly done to make the character more sympathetic. Stella compared this to the character of Jamie Lannister on Game of Thrones, which, to be brief, is initially depicted as an irredeemable a-hole, but as time goes by, it becomes more sympathetic and likable. In both cases, Stella said she felt coerced into him being sympathetic. Do you guys, given all that, I was wondering, do you guys feel that you've ever been coerced into liking Vegeta? Did you feel that his, he earned his redemption, or, or if indeed he was actually redeemed at all? After all, this is a character who, who in truth had a higher body count than most comic book supervillains, given that he has committed planetary genocide multiple times in service to Frieza, and showed little remorse for his actions. When he killed the Namekians, he realized they weren't resurrected. He laughed because the villagers were murdered and they were still dead. Even when he battled threats to Earth like Cell and Androids, he wasn't really doing it out of the goodness of his heart, but usually to satisfy his own desire for battle or to eliminate an obstacle and uh, to have a rematch with Goku. And of course, he sold his soul to Babidi and killed the tournament attendants for the sake of fighting Goku again. 
This isn't me criticizing the character or saying his journey and development wasn't genuine. This is me raising a topic for discussion with you guys. Well, clearly. What do you think regards to Alex? Um, I think that's a very interesting point that uh, Alex brings up. What do you think, Jesse? I, I liked the character before he even sort of redeeming himself. Mm-hmm. But I really can't explain why the other characters liked him. Right. Uh, but we have had some time skips throughout the series, so you can imagine that obviously he and Boma got to know each other a little better. <laughs> but uh, it's it's interesting because on one hand I do want to say that oh yeah he hasn't earned it yet he hasn't earned that redemption, but then I just remember that he sacrificed himself. And if you're going to hold out and say that he hasn't at that point when that's the most he can give for the right reasons, then that's just at that point, the character could never be redeemed. Mm-hmm. So I think you either got to say, okay, he's redeemed by that point or not. Now, before that, prior to that, I, the characters do essentially, you know, look the opposite way. And even in the new movie, you know, uh, Goku said that, yeah, Vegeta's pure heart, or whatever it was that you required to be go to go God form. So yeah, he wasn't. He was initially bad, but he's not that bad anymore. So I think I think the the amount of damage he's done's been underplayed. And while yeah he's he killed countless planets under Vegeta or under Frieza's rule, yeah ultimately you got to talk that up to Frieza I think because he I won't say he didn't know any better and that excuses it but he was a pawn mm-hmm. and he wasn't as strong as Frieza and that's all he knew at that point that's how he was raised. And I think that's an important part to remember is that yeah. Say in warrior raised to destroy things he considers lesser. Right. Uh, so you, at this point, you know his time on Earth ha- flies in complete in complete you know contrast to everything he knows about life before that. I think it's a case of like you know can can the worst person be redeemed and uh, even though he has committed mass genocide, I think that like honestly the series deals with that uh, when he uh, sacrifices himself against Boo. So I I, I would say that kind of like like uh. It, it deals with it in a way which, which I feel is appropriate. Like you know, no matter how much good you've done in the last seven years, you're, you've still that doesn't make that doesn't count for the millions of lives you've you've destroyed. Can you think of like an example of redemption done better or worse than than Vegeta? In general or in DBZ? Uh, just in general or in DBZ. Well, it's because all all these characters are all started out as bad guys and then they, they become good guys. Uh, I think Vegeta is the most extreme example because there's none, none of these characters have been as bad as him. Not even Piccolo. Um, I can't think of. To me, I mean, I mean, it's always like you know, Magneto's a good because he's been a good guy before. It's always a question of how many people has he killed before he became a good guy, and then a bad guy, then a good guy, then a bad guy. Then <laughs> so, uh, but even with Magneto, like I, you know, I was talking about this on Facebook the other day. I was like, I don't, I don't think of him as a villain. He's an antagonist, yeah, but I don't think of him as like a bad, evil person because I don't see him randomly killing people, like. Yeah, he'll kill somebody if they get in, if they get in his way or if they threaten him. But he's not going to go out of his way to to murder. Like Vegeta is a was, you know, yeah, a murderer at at that point in time. Yeah, he was he was he was like a, a, a I don't say a dictator, but he was just he's about as evil as it gets. Well, yeah, he I mean he was a soldier. Yeah, you know, he he came in, he destroyed a planet's worth of people. Now, well, not only that, because yeah, on Namek, he that was for his own needs, and by that point, he was clearly after or. Against Frieza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think that I think that I think that like Vegeta was about. I mean, even without Frieza, he was legitimately like, you know, an evil prince. The Saiyans were, were an, even, an evil race at the time. So you can't. I, I wouldn't put all the all the blame on Frieza, but at the same time, Vegeta has realized what he used to be and realizes that he wants to be something different. And I think that like you know. I think it's more of a question. It's like, you know, can anybody be redeemed no matter what, what bad they do? I think I think our society likes to believe that they can, although our society doesn't doesn't like to act on that. But um, personally, I, th- I think that he that uh, he's shown that he can be redeemed. Yeah, I think yeah, you were right. It does boil down to that question: can it happen or not? Because he has shown he has the desire to, and that's really all you can ask. Right. You know, yeah, he wants to, and he, he's willing to sacrifice for that. So. Now, could you see someone like Frieza redeeming himself? No. <laughs> I mean, even when, when Vegeta was, was uh, fighting on Earth, we showed uh, from his perspective how hard he was fighting to defeat them. Frieza, I don't think, was shown any any redeemable qualities whatsoever. But but like looking back, say when when 
when Frieza first appears in the Saiyan saga, did he have any redeemable qualities? Vegeta? Yeah. Um, no. So I, I, guess, I guess, I suppose, in fairness, if we were shown a, a, a redeemable trait of Frieza, he could be redeemed, but because we weren't, we have to, we have to like, you know, go under the idea that he can't. It's, 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 it kind of, it's, it's left down to, like, you know, what we were shown and what we were left to work with. Because even, yeah, I would say even, you know, the only difference with, at the end of the Saiyan saga and at the end of the Frieza saga is that Vegeta survived, and we got more development out of him, whereas Frieza, well, I guess Frieza technically did, and we got no more develop out of, development out of him. Right. I, I suppose anything's possible, essentially. I mean, like, you know, all these, all these bad guys have been, you know, redeemed, like, like, like 18 and Piccolo, but, um... Yeah, I, yeah, like, yeah, Piccolo, 18. You even said that, you know, Yamcha started off as an antagonist. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think DBZ plays with that idea very well and very often. Yeah, very often, yeah. Yeah, Tien, Yamcha. So, um. And it, I, 18 and Vegeta are just the biggest examples in, in, you know, this, in DBZ itself as opposed to Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, I think, I think it, it would be possible, but, like, within the scope of the series, we've not been shown that it is. But, like, Strictly, broadly speaking, it's not completely impossible. But in the scope of the series, uh, let's say that Frieza could not be redeemed, but Vegeta was. And I agree. All right. Um, our next email is from a new, uh, a new listener or a new emailer named Brandon. Hi, guys. It's Brandon from Wisconsin. Great job on the show so far. You guys being nostalgic about DBZ makes this podcast worthwhile. I started this series when I was about nine, and now I'm 20. <laughs> it's it's taking you that long? <laughs> well, it will be DBZ and not Next Dimension. <laughs> it's true that legends never die, and this speaks for itself. DBZ defined a generation and continues its galactic conquest. Your coverage of these sagas and movies are detailed and very well a- analyzed. With that, I'd like to share some of my eleven year some of my eleven years of experience. Yeah, I won't be long, but it'll be specific. With your start to the boo. Which, is my opinion, is the biggest game changer. I've watched all the episodes again for about the fifth time, and I'm excited to hear your opinions. The start of this saga definitely has a very dreary aura starting at the intro to Supreme Kai with that welcoming handshake. Then leading into that, what looked like a bad Chris Brown music video. Oh, Beating of Adele. Oh, bitch. Just by the looks of of that M on the on that DS, I had a sick feeling about them and what they possibly represented. Majin Buu, who is my favorite villain of the series, I mean all of Buu, I won't spoil what that means. Ooh. Yeah. He is what I call innocent evil, in that I mean I won't comment on Vegeta's nobility, but what is done with him making a complete 180 is well done. This is my first email, so I won't regurgitate every thought I have on the series, so I'll power down for now. On a side note, I wanted to let you know that I was a tennis captain for three years at my high school, so I love tennis, and my number one, my, my favorite player, the number one player in the world, Rafael Nadal, is actually, to this day, a huge DBZ fan. Huh. He even got a four-star ball for his birthday. There's a video on YouTube. Also, I bought my ticket for Battle of Gods, and I'm stoked. Anyway, keep up the great work. And you're doing Akira proud. Aww. You're a fan, Captain Boom- Brandon. My- Captain Boomerang? What? <laughs> <laughs> you're a fan, Captain Brandon. I'm sorry, I did not mean to call you Captain Boomerang. Uh, thank you very much, Brandon. That's very nice. Uh, let's see. Um, I'll read the next email. Our next email is from Kelsey Williams. She writes back, Hey, coming once again from Sweden, still listening to the podcast. With exciting, very, very exciting news, Akira Toriyama is working on a brand new DBZ movie to release in 2015 during Japan's Golden Week. The official tagline reads, quote, The whole universe has been waiting. A godly dimension of battles begin. This is a highly intriguing and ho- this is highly intriguing, and hopefully you guys will do a review of Battle of Gods to prepare for the upcoming Slugfest. Only question I have is, what are your thoughts? Thanks, Kelsey. Um, thank you very much, Kelsey. And we, we've discussed uh, the upcoming uh, movie and Battle of Gods earlier, but yeah, of course you didn't know that, so it's no, no big deal. Uh, thank you very much for emailing in. Our next email is from Ryan Baker. Ryan writes, Dear Next Dimension, I've been listening to you guys since September of 20, 2013, and if I might add, you guys totally rock. 
I've seen all the sagas of Dragon Ball Z except the Boo Saga. I would have emailed in sooner, but I have been so focused on getting the last two credits that I need to graduate high school. <laughs> but anyway, back to the real reason I'm emailing you guys. I simply love Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and Dragon Ball GT. You guys could even say I'm a Dragon Ball fanatic. I have a suggestion about you guys at the next dimension, or for you guys. I was thinking maybe you guys could have an anniversary special as a way of celebrating the day that DBC Next Dimension was born. That's nice. A lot of podcasts have anniversary specials to mark their podcast's birthday. I was just thinking about why not suggest to you guys at the next dimension and see what you guys think. Um, that's never crossed my mind. We had to kind of roll with it. Uh, our anniversaries would be in December. Uh, it would be. Um, I'm down. Definitely down with it. Um, this will be our two year anniversary? This will be our three year anniversary. Three, oh, wow. Three years. December. Yeah, I know. <laughs> December 2011 is when we started. The very end of 2011. But I, I, I would want to. I'd want to figure out what we could do, you know, to to kind of mark that occasion. Like, I, what do most shows do with anniversary episodes? There's usually special episodes. It's probably another one, another one of those two in one months we have. Um, yeah, I've never, never actually thought about. It. Let's let's think about that for a bit. Maybe we, maybe we should uh, talk about Dragon Ball Evolution even sooner than we were going to. <laughs> <laughs> but we want to celebrate it. Not <laughs> bring the episode down. Not end it. <laughs> It's not like we have any co-hosts we could, like, bring back. Oh, Daniel! <laughs> Wait, where is it? Did Daniel not email? No, this, this email uh, is Daniel Free. Which, um, which, which you know, sucks because we like hearing from him, but at the same time we have a lot, so I'm not... Yeah, we already had enough emails. You just said, it's, uh, like, 11 emails. I assumed, you know... Yeah, no. 85% of that was Daniel. Uh, 85% of that was Alex. <laughs> Uh, but, but it's, 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 all, it's all good. It's, it's, um, he's, oh, he's, he's skipped a month before, so hopefully he's building up. He's tra- He's up strength. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we, that's something I shall think about. We shall try to put a think on that. Uh, Ryan writes, Also, I was wondering what you guys would think of the following fights. Super Saiyan Goku from the Free Saga versus Super Saiyan 2 Gohan from the Cell Saga. Uh, Gohan will win, I think. Yes. Uh, Super Saiyan Gohan versus Super Saiyan Future Trunks with his sword. Uh, which Gohan, I suppose? Um, Perfect Cell versus Hellfighter 17 from DBGT. Uh, GT's out of continuity, so let's say so. Hey. Um, Mecha Frieza versus Metal Cooler. Now, now, now we're talking. Mecha Frieza versus Mecha Cooler. Hmm. Oh, yeah, there was Mecha Cooler. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, I'd say Mecha Cooler. Yeah, because Freeza got killed by by Super Saiyan, so Mecha Cooler took on two Super Saiyans at once, so let's say Metal Cooler. Full Power Freeza versus Final Form Cooler. Uh, I still say Cooler because Cooler gave Goku more trouble. King Cold versus Metal Cooler. There we go. Uh, hmm. King Cold versus Metal Cooler. Who would win? King Cold just got, got owned easily. <laughs> yeah, he, he got jumped off, man, like... Metal Cooler, because, yeah, 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 like, Cooler's pretty much the only member of that family that could give Super Saiyan's trouble, so let's say Cooler wins all those guys. Um, I think that King Cold was not as strong as he led on to believe. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's stronger than Freezer or not, that was never really elaborated on, but he wasn't, if he was, he wasn't too much, that much stronger. Um, spoiler versus spoiler. <laughs> First form Cell versus First form Frieza, Cell. So. First, second form Cell versus second form Frieza. Cell. <laughs> Krillin versus Chi Chi. Ooh, good one. Uh, <laughs> Krillin would own that. Well, yeah, I, I hope so. God, come on, he better win. Bulma versus Chi Chi. Now, this one I can I can definitely say would be Chi Chi because Bulma can't fight and Chi Chi can. But see, yeah, Bulma can't fight at all, right? Not even kind. Not, I know she does not know martial arts, but Chi Chi. Chi-Chi was, knows, not only knows martial arts, but she fought against Goku in the World Tournament at the end of Dragon Ball. Uh, here's one. Uh, Krillin or Master Roshi? I would hope to think Krillin. I would hope to think Krillin, but Master Roshi can fight, so it wouldn't be like, you know, a total... Like, like Krillin at this point, where he's been powered up. Because I'm assuming, you know, when Krillin trained with Master Roshi, Roshi was stronger. Yeah, when Master Roshi trained Krillin, he was stronger. He was actually stronger than Krillin for a while, but like, I, think by the, I think by the end of Dragon Ball, Krillin got stronger than he was. Because Roshi was like a fighter for like the first two thirds of the series. You would see him fight Goku and Tien and the pickles like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And Do we ever see him young? Yes, there's a flashback in in um, Dragon Ball where you see him young without a beard, but he still wore sunglasses. <laughs> of course, 
Because he's like 400, right? Uh, he's like, yeah, something like 300, 400, something like that, for some reason. It, it, it's been rumored that he used the Dragon Balls to, like, live for a long time, but that's not been confirmed. He's just, he's just, he's just an old guy. Um, and finally, Super Vegeta versus Super Trunks. Super Trunks, because he... Well, then he has to get quick, because, like, Super Trunks was big and bulky and slow, and Vegeta was not as powerful, but he could move more. Who do you think is a better fighter, Vegeta or Trunks? Uh, I think it depends on what Trunks is you're talking about. Like, Future Trunks or... I guess Trunks. Future Trunks, yeah. Uh, I would say probably Vegeta, because Future Trunks, while trained by Gohan... Black experience. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think Trunks, grown up being trained by Vegeta, would be better. Like, stronger, obviously, because Vegeta's more of a warrior. Vegeta's been trained. Right. So I think the experience alone would weigh that, outweigh the... The potential raw strength he may have. I agree. That, that, that makes sense. I thought that Vegeta, Vegeta's actually one of the more capable and talented fighters in the series, so that would that would probably work. Well, now that's all, that, guys. Thanks for making such a killer podcast. P.S. There's this cool DBZ book on iTunes called The Legend of Dragon Ball Z. Huh, I'll have to check it out. Uh, Ryan Baker. Thank you very much, Ryan. Uh, Do you say what kind of book it is? Like, is it a compendium or is it a like a story? A I don't story? know. If, I don't know sure if it's an audio book or like a a, a, a book on. You know, a read book, a read file. I I, I did not know that. I, I'm not knowing a lot about the uh, extra American DBZ stuff. Like I, I didn't know about um, <laughs> the Church of Dragon Ball Z. So or the Church, <laughs> or Church of Gokuism. So um, our next email, I'll take on the rest, is uh, from Rich Bourne. He writes in. Uh, apologies. Hey guys, apologies for not writing in next month, but I felt it was appropriate appropriate to take a long prolonged moment of silence for Vegeta's sacrifice. Jesse is really beginning to turn me on. Uh, turn me on. Turn me around on politics. I'm engaged. <laughs> that was my fault. He's really beginning to turn me around on Bobbity. At first, I always thought of him as being so unbearable. But his Paul Heyman-esque approach to hyping up Majin Buu... <laughs> yes. ...as a means to lure out the Z fighters is hilarious, and at times quite demented. Buu himself is at, point, is, is at this point not too much to talk about, just a lard-ass in style... And Stylus Vest slapping his face with the lives of innocence. Not quite as riveting as one's goal to, per- to perfect himself by any means possible. While I like Goten and Chunks well enough, and the idea of future comes organically, I still don't like it. Teamwork has always been an abstract concept, concept for Dragon Ball. Everyone shows up for a fight, but always fights one-on-one. It seems that the fusion is the only way for them to actually have two characters team up for an extended period of time. I also feel like it's a bit of a detriment to Chunks and Goten. Future Trunks was a badass, and with his depth, depth and motive, while present, Trunks is a hollow shell of his hardened and future counterpart. Goten is a favorite character of mine, as, as the second son of Goku, adoring the, uh, adoring the brother filling the, the father's shoes. He could grow into a great character like Trunks, and was given the right circumstances, but the, moment, the bit of characterization is what we get is only to fill one half of the personality that will eventually become their fused form. Um, I kind of see where he's going from. Um... It should be noted, and I only found this recently while listening to Kazan shit, that, like, the whole idea of fusion, like, the whole concept, that wasn't, Toriyama was given that idea by somebody else. Um, it was actually, like, uh, it was actually, let me put up his name, Masaka, Masakazu Katsura, who, uh, he's a, uh, uh, manga writer himself. He, uh, created the series Video Girl I. And he suggested, apparently he suggested Toriyama, hey, I have an idea. Put two guys together and he'll, he'll create a stronger third guy. So uh, if you don't like the fusion, blame him. <laughs> uh, Bridge continues. Uh, My last bit for the day is a glowing recommendation for Dragon Ball Multiverse. Serving as a non-canon continuation of DBZ, it's still a far better continuation than GT could have ever been. With the sheer amount of characters within the confines of Toriyama land, it is a great read with art on par of the original manga. Many an hour has been lost on it so far. That should do for now, so take it easy, dudes, and never stop going another step beyond. Rich Bourne. Thank you, Rich. Thanks, man. So I just uh, did a quick search on iTunes. Yeah, the the, DB, the Dragon Ball Z Legend uh, book, The Quest Continues, uh, the synopsis reads, In Akira, Toriyama, Akira Toriyama's much-loved Dragon Ball series, many mysteries remain unsolved. What happened to this or that character? Who and what are the behind-the-scenes creations? When and where do the series take place? So it looks like it's just a behind-the-scenes supplemental material, but... Yeah, it's two ninety nine on iTunes, so I may have to scoop that up and oh, wow. read through it. Yeah. There's also another one called Dragon Ball Z, It's Over 9,000. No, that I heard about. I think someone emailed us about that 
a couple years ago about that, yeah. Yeah, and that one's a, it says it explains or details the difference in ideologies between Goku and Vegeta, and also explains where the It's Over 9000 phrase came from, how it spread when it first became popular. So, yeah, it looks like a... Oh, also uh, references East Asian beliefs and how it interplays with the story. So, yeah, it looks like yeah, people did some, like, deep theological and philosophical thinking on the subjects. <laughs> Finally! <laughs> so, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, see, I, I'm, I'm very, like you said, I'm, I'm very kind of out of the loop as far as all the stuff, the supplemental stuff, and just some other fans have graded for this the story. Because there's got to be a wealth of it. Well, this Dragon Ball Z is an enormous fandom. That, like, I think I think people still tend to like not realize how global it is. It's, it's still it's still huge in Japan. There was a uh, a couple years ago. There was a recent like you know favorite character of all time in Japan, and this this like you know like around 2011 before like you know all this new stuff came out. People still say Goku in all the, in the country. That's awesome. Out of all the hundreds of characters that have been come out, you know, out of all the things, like, you know, Goku's still the number one favorite character in that country. Um, so, yeah, it, it makes sense to me that, like, there would be a lot more, like, you know, fan-produced content. And I like the idea of, of, of a book contrasting Goku and Vegeta's uh, philosophies. <laughs> it's quite sweet. Um, our next email is from, we have two left. Our next email is from Lance Laster. Lance writes, hey, guys, I just got back from seeing Battle of Gods, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I haven't been displeased with leaving a movie in quite some time. For those who haven't seen it, it's really well done. Pretty much every major character had their moment, and there were tons of callbacks and references to past stories. It was really funny, and Lord Beerus was, in my opinion, the best villain the series has ever seen. He was trite, original, or he was trite. He was powerful, original, not trite, childish, like a lot of guys in ancient Greeks, which I thought was a nice touch. And interesting in the ways that Frieza, Cell, and Boo were not. This was easily the best of all the Dragon Ball movies and was definitely made with older fans in mind. I could go on and on about gushing about the movie, but I'm curious to know what you guys thought. I look forward to in-depth discussion on uh, BOG whenever it happens. Can't wait for the Blu-ray. Lance Laster. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Lance. As you will, Hopefully you'll be pleased to know of our thoughts earlier in the episode. And uh, stay tuned, guys. Once we reach the end of the Blu-ray, we will definitely jump into Battle of Gods. You know, I will say, uh, he, he listed that he's childish, as most, uh, like ancient gods were i won't say he's childish like because boo is childish i will say that he is capricious oh okay that's a good word for it just because like he, he's very whimsical and he seems yeah whimsical and not necessarily like that because they're similar and a lot of children are whimsical and capricious but they're not necessarily like mutually exclusive because he's, he's shown to be intelligent yeah he's, he's not he's not dumb he's you know he's silly at times but like he's not like you know unintelligent or you know, just uh, short-sighted. He's actually one of the, more, the smarter characters in the series I've ever seen. Um, and our final email is from Lewis Essex. Lewis writes from the UK. Hey, Don and Jesse, long-time listener, first-time caller. I just thought I, sent a, I finally sent in a Z-mail. First off, congrats to Jesse on his engagement. Second, how, how do you guys feel about the show leaning back towards Goku being deleted again? Firstly, I love the idea of Gohan taking the reins. And I thought that, like, there was a good sense of our father's uh, vibe with Gohan stepping out and proving him that he can still be a force to be reckoned with. Anyway, that's all to ask you guys. Please keep up the great work. I hope you guys do, do go on to do either the original Dragon Ball series or Dragon Ball GT. Louis Essex. Um, in per- my personal opinion, thank you very much, Louis. We still have not reached the point where Goku becomes the main character again. He, he's, he's an important character, and I think like, he's a protagonist in these episodes, but... Gohan's not forgotten about just yet, so... I, guess- I forgot about him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For a little bit. But uh, but still, I will agree that at this point, Goku's not the protagonist. He, well, he is a protagonist, and he's prominent in the role, but the role he's playing in these episodes is very much a support role. He's distracting Boo from, from basically their hope there, you know, so he's... He's filling a role that Krillin would fill, like, earlier in the series, or that someone else would have filled. Like, he doesn't hope to defeat Mabu. Like, so, yeah, he, he's basically playing up to the strengths of the other characters. Um, Actually, I, I'll, I'll come back to this when we get into uh, the episodes. I'll, I'll try to bring this. I think it's an interesting talking point we can bring up when we're reviewing them. But um, thank you very much, everybody, for all the emails for this mammoth first part of the episode, and this will be cut in half. Unless, unless our review is very short. Um, 
we'll take a uh, an obligatory break, and we'll be back to get into the remainder of the. I said the remainder, the continuation mm-hmm. of the Boo Saga. Do you feel it yet? You bet. Dragon Ball Z will be back in a moment. Holy nightmare! So we all know who Robin is, right? Short pants, bad, holy insert object gear jokes, kind of weird relationship with an older man who dresses like a bat. I know, right? So not what Batman needs. Thing is, if that's your impression of Robin, then you don't know Robin. I'm Tom Panneries, and for most of my comic collecting career, I've been a Teen Titans fan. Moreover, I've been a huge fan of Robin and Nightwing, so I've decided to take a look at those who have worn the costume in a podcast miniseries called Taking Flight. Taking Flight focuses on the life and career of Dick Grayson as he evolved from Boy Wonder to Nightwing. I'll take a look at his origin story, his time with the Teen Titans, and his evolution into Nightwing. Along the way, I'll also look at Jason Todd and Tim Drake, stopping right after Zero Hour when Dick left the Titans behind. Episodes will come out just about every week at takingflight.podomatic.com, and you can find show notes at popcultureaffidavit.com. Join me as I take a look at Comic Dumb's most famous sidekick, who is a vital part of Batman's mythos. Teenage Anarchist!